It's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. Ah, yes, that's right. We are back to the Futures, back at you, back together. The band is back together. Travis Thomas, Brandon Sprague, super producer Zach Kroll, gentlemen, Welcome. It's good to be back. I missed Lex last week. I'm back at it this week. And honestly, happy new year, not only to you, but everyone listening and watching. I got to say, to start the show, Sprager, I have to ask you, everyone's making New Year's resolutions. I want to lose weight. I want to eat healthier. I want to stop drinking so much. Some people want to stop gambling so much. Not me. But what is your New Year's resolution as it pertains to betting on sports, which is exactly what we were made to do, Sprager? Um, well, you know, first of all, I got to ask you this, Travis. Are, are you in general, just in general, you don't have to give me what they are. Are you in general yeah. a New Year's resolutions guy? Oh, my God. I'm a huge New Year's resolution guy. In fact, not only am I, but I'm an executor, too. I mean, I make oh. the resolutions, I track them, and I just whoop. Mark them right off the list as I knock them down one by one like bowling pins, baby. Okay, so you and I are in lockstep on that. I love resolutions. Do I make some crazy ones that I don't really care all that much about? Absolutely. So we're in lockstep there. As it pertains to betting, I'm going to go with a couple New Year's resolutions for me. One, bet more dogs. Every time Mm. I bark, I just get excited. I get more excited about a game when I'm barking than if I'm betting a favorite. I know that might not make sense because there's some favorites out there that easily cover the number, but I love getting points. So I'm going to do that more this year. And the second thing is uh, go with your gut. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I I had some gut takes this week, and I liked it, and I talked myself out of it, and I went with another game and said, (laughs) well, this one's laid up for you. Take this one. And then the Cowboys S the bet at home. So (laughs) I'm going to trust my gut. And I'm going to bet more dogs. That's my New Year's resolution as it pertains to betting. I respect that. Listen, at least you talk yourself out of these bets, though. A lot of people out there struggle with, and I know people listening and watching will agree with me, a lot of people struggle with, you know, paralysis by analysis where they have a gut feeling on a bet and then they'll listen to guys like me and you or people that they trust in this game and they say, yeah, you know, I'm not going to make that bet because so-and-so talked me out of it. And sure enough, that bet, their original gut told them, would have came home. So that's one thing. It's good that you're talking yourself out of some of these bets because it's easier to reel yourself back in. Sometimes you can listen to too many people. A lot of times I think if you do the research, you do your homework, you should look at people like us as advisors uh, or consultants or something. But in the end, you still need to go with your gut. For me... I would say my sports betting New Year's resolution, to be honest with you, I want to do more futures. And not just because we host Back to the Futures. I've always been a futures player. Uh, I love win totals in in baseball before the season starts. That's always been very successful for me. I do a great job in March Madness right before the tournament, taking some futures there. I've always felt good with that. I've come up with the Stanley Cup runners-up two years in a row now as far as futures in hockey. So I am a futures player, but doing this show, Sprague, I mean, I'm not doing enough futures. I need to be doing more. I need to live in Back to the Futures. You understand what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I know what you mean, man. It's nice to have some of those tickets to look forward to for every season. College football, hoops, yep. basketball, baseball, whatever it is. It's nice to have some tickets to look forward to on top of the daily, weekly, whatever it ends up being for your betting appetite. That's right. All right, now, someone who wants to go back in the future, maybe in the past, or maybe he doesn't, who the hell knows what Antonio Brown is thinking? So, first of all, they're playing the Jets, the Buccaneers, and it's not looking good early. Jets are in control of the game, and sure enough, uh, I, I don't know if it was targets or lack thereof or what was going on, but Antonio Brown got into it with coaches including Bruce Arians, who tried to put him back in the game several times. Antonio Brown refused it and then eventually stripped down like Magic Mike on the sideline, throws his, uh, you know, his pads and his gloves and everything else into the crowd to the fans, waves goodbye to the Jets fans, and then leaves and walks right out of the NFL because Bruce Arians says enough is enough. This guy's gone. Sprague, your take on the bizarre scene uh, with Antonio Brown against the Jets today. Yeah, it wasn't just Travis that he left. It was that, like, it was the manner in which he left, and then he gets to the end zone. He has this, like, Rod Tidwell, you know, Jerry Maguire scene <laughs> where he's egging the crowd on. Yep. And if, yep. if you look closely, when he's actually leaving into the tunnel, there's yep. a there's a couple Bucks fans sitting right by the tunnel, and one guy's like, where are you going? We need <laughs> you right now, because they were still yeah. trailing. Sure. It's a bizarre scene that you don't see very often. I don't think any of us are surprised, though. This is who Antonio Brown has been um, really since it got weird in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he was a, a late-round draft pick who got yeah. into camp and proved that he was worth taking a flyer on, and he quickly elevated himself to one of the best skilled position players in football. That's right. And really at that point, I think the ego took off. Um, I, I think he's dealing with some stuff you know, outside of trying to self-diagnose somebody. But I think he's dealing with some stuff because you see how it turned out in Pittsburgh. And then he goes to the Raiders. Oh, my God. He leaks a, a voicemail from John Gruden. That gets right. ugly. Goes to the Patriots. Has this huge blow-up. Calls out the owner. Boom. He's gone from the Patriots again. And then he gets this shot with Arians. And I think Arians had just had enough. We have not seen something quite like this. But here's the thing. I know he was booted. I know they're saying there was an altercation and it had to do with the amount of targets he was not receiving because he's set to make a bonus. Had he caught mm. X amount of balls, he got pissed that he was just being used as a decoy, and that's why he didn't want to go in. Stand up for what you believe and that's fine. That dude should be done in this league. Like, bare minimum, should not see this guy anymore. He's not worth the headache. He's he's not going to make or break what a team is. Like, on the Bucks, he's right. a nice weapon because of how skilled he is. But right. Travis, in the grand scheme of things, he's not going to dictate if they win the Super Bowl or not. I mean, hell, sure. he left when they were trailing. They ended up getting the game-winning touchdown with a guy right. I'd never heard of before anyway. So um, I, I think I think we've seen the end of Antonio Brown. And, and to one of our producers who said this before the show, uh, CJ, he, he basically was like, when do we see him fight Jake Paul? And I think that's kind of the next avenue of Antonio Brown that we see more so than the football player. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, you know, I'm a little sensitive to this because you touched on it. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I'm certainly not a doctor. I just play one on this show. But it is pretty obvious uh, if you look at this guy's history that there are some mental issues going on. And I, I look, I get what Bruce Arians uh, said after this, and, and I get why he did it. But some of me wishes that he added a sentence of, 
look, you know, he's done with the Buccaneers, but we're not done with him, the person, because this guy needs help. And uh, I wish someone in his life uh, who cares about him, you know, kind of forces the hand here to go get some help because it's obvious to me that he needs it. And I'm sensitive to it. I mean, I'm, I'm watching this today and I'm watching this meltdown and everything you said is correct. Uh, the Bucks still won the game. They're going to be fine without him. Current odds, by the way, seven to one to win the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, you know, Tom Brady's used to not having weapons anyway. We've seen him win plenty of Super Bowls without that. To me, it, it just, I think the guy at this point, uh, as I'm watching this stuff unfold and I'm seeing on social media, people making memes and kind of making fun of it and all that, this guy needs help. And, and this behavior for a long time has been a cry for help, I believe, with him. And I know he's had some run-ins with the law. And I know a lot of times the law can force you to go get help, but I don't know if it's really gone to that, that stage yet. And if it has, it's not enough. Uh, I'm very concerned for Antonio Brown. And by the way, Sprager, we have a history now with these football players where, you know, whether it's CTE or PTSD or we don't know, but we have a history now where these guys can hurt others or themselves or both. And so I, I really, uh, I hope Antonio gets the help that he needs because I'm very concerned and have been for a number of years. And now football's done. I mean, I, I don't, Sprager, what team's going to take a shot on him besides no one? It's over well, for what's him. He worth? Well, he's not worth it, right? Like, he's right. not worth bringing into your locker room. And that's the unfortunate part. I also want to highlight, you mentioned you wish we would have heard something different from Arians. I totally get it. And I'm with you 100%. The problem is that these teams, yeah. they're assets. They're not yeah. people. They're, they are, I need you to do a job. And if that doesn't work, this transaction is over. Right. I understand the big business of football, but I'm you know, like, it, it would be nice if the Bucks said, hey, after a day of talking, is mm -hmm. not going to be on this team, but we're going to be there for him. Like Tom Brady yeah. had a weird answer about it. Like, oh, I didn't know what's going on. That's fine. I hope there are people like Tom Brady, who is supposed to be a good friend is what all the reports say. I right. hope that they were maintained in his life and they're there for them. Because I think the thing that that community needs more so than any other, it's just kind of the support. It's, yeah. it's so bogged down into business and winning and losing. And that's it that I think we, we forget the human element of that job. And it's, it's already a tough job. Like I hope that there are people around him that do help him. Cause I'm with you. Like it's scary to see situations like that. Well, there were other big games today. I want to ask you about the Bengals at home wow. in the jungle, beating yeah. the chiefs. I mean, that was a heavyweight fight that we watched Sprager and the Bengals came out on top of it. Uh, Joe Burrow is insane, outplays Mahomes. He's outplaying everyone lately in this league. The Bengals win the AFC North. Now, by the way, preseason division odds for the Bengals were as high as plus 2,000 to win the AFC Norris division. I mean, that is insane in the preseason, plus 2,000. Uh, now, currently, Sprager, the Bengals are 18-1 to right now to win the Super Bowl. First time in the playoffs for them since 2015. Your thoughts on the Bengals' huge win? Um, first of all, one of the more entertaining teams we have in football. Uh, what that means in the grand scheme, I don't know. Jamar Chase, all but, I mean, he already had it locked up, but he absolutely solidified the offensive rookie of the year award. He had the most reception uh, receiving yards in a game for receiver. Torched the Chiefs. They had no answer for him. Crazy ending, too, to this game because the Chiefs were up 
And every time they went up two scores, you thought, oh, this could be it. And the <laughs> Bengals were able to bounce back. Get a response. Yep. The, the Bengals did this game. That last drive was a 15-play drive yep. that ended on the one-yard line for like seven plays. And they ended up getting a, a penalty on their side that allowed them to wind the clock down, kick the field goal, and win the AFC North. Look, the Bengals were really good. They covered the number. They outright won as a dog. The over mm-hmm. hit in this game as well at 51. I'll tell you right now, Travis, there's two thoughts for me on Cincinnati. They are a young, exciting team, but sometimes we can get way over-invested into these young, unproven teams when it comes to playoff football. It was a very good win for them. If they were taking on the Chiefs in a playoff game, I ain't picking them. They're fun. They're exciting. I need to see them go through it before I fully buy into the Bengals. A good story. They'll get a good seed hell of a year and effort to win that division because they were largely untalked about. I don't know if I buy them legitimately as a contender in the AFC. You know, I do actually buy them, and I think they could be a very big threat to Kansas City. Look, it is hard to beat a team like Kansas City more than once. So if they see them again in the playoffs, uh, you know, I get it, and I would probably bet on the Chiefs. But I'm not convinced that they maybe see the Chiefs in the playoffs. I mean, you know, depending on, and we'll know more when we do this show next week. But depending Would you pick on, them to beat the Colts? You know, it's funny you bring up the Colts. It's funny you bring up the Colts because I would pick some other teams to maybe knock off the Chiefs, including the Colts. So I guess my point being, I don't necessarily see the Bengals as a threat to the Chiefs if they were to play them again in the playoffs. But my point is, they may not necessarily see the Chiefs again. And if that's the truth, if that happens, if that comes to fruition, I actually like the Bengals as a true AFC threat. Does that make sense? If if Burrow yeah. sees Mahomes in the playoffs, I'm going to put my money on Mahomes. Who the hell wouldn't? I think Bengals fans would if they're not betting with their heart. But if a Belichick or a Bills team gets another shot at the Chiefs or someone like that, how about Tennessee who we'll talk about later in the show, you know, if somebody knocks off the Chiefs, all of a sudden, I think the Bengals are very much so in play to come out of the AFC. I'm not sure who the hell I trust in the AFC. I think I would still put my money on Kansas City, to be fair. But I think the Bengals, I mean, listen, the way Burrow's playing right now, Sprager, uh, they're learning how to win big games. This was essentially a playoff game that the Bengals won. I don't know how you could sleep on this team at this point. I really don't. No, I, 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 I'm not going to disagree with the skill level and the talent. Betting the Chiefs at this point, I, I don't even know if that nets you much money because of how big a favorite I think they'll be. Right. But if you're just going into what we have this week today, the first round matchup for them is the Colts. And the Colts do everything a good playoff team is supposed to do. They have a solid defense and they can run the football. I know they lost to the Raiders. I get it. Let's give the Raiders a little credit. They've gone through the crap storm that has been this season, and they've yep. been on the other side of some really impressive wins. I yep. still think the Colts would have a great shot to knock yep. off the Bengals. But to what you're saying, you don't have Patrick Mahomes involved. Right. It is a true roll of the dice of who's going to win that conference. No question. Well, listen, still to come, we'll stay in the NFL and get into this crowded playoff picture and the playoff forecast for both the AFC and the NFC and Sprager. I mean, I know this is back to the futures, but if you look into the future, my friend, we are inching closer and closer to Wild Card Weekend. Can't wait. Travis Thomas, Brandon Sprague, back to the futures. We'll be right back. 
When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some bets from Trump. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on The Bet. Presented by BetMGM. Well, Chelsea, you just mentioned it. Way back in week six, the Raiders upset the Denver Broncos a mile high after Rich Bisaccia was named interim head coach. So, fact or fiction, Chelsea, you expect the firing of Urban Meyer will have a similar effect on the Jaguars. I think that the morale boost that they will get from Urban Meyer just leaving the premises, like it should be a good one. And the fact that he wasn't even playing the best players on the field, I think that should help as well because James Robinson is certainly happy that Urban Meyer is probably gone because he'll probably get some snaps now. Do I think they're going to go out and dominate the Texans? Probably not. They're a bad football team. But I think they'll look better automatically. Urban Meyer was a cancer. No question about it. And when you cut out a cancer, immediately things get better. The Daily Tip, morning 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern from the BetQL Network. Minus 135, the different nuggets on the money line, plus 110. More Chihuahua love, love right now. The, the Chihuahua is back in Philadelphia. I love that. He might be the good luck charm, to be completely honest. Um, and, of course, starting in about seven minutes. This Chihuahua jumping through full of hoops. And everything. The, the Chihuahua my, dunks. Listen. He's a bodybuilder, but also a gymnast. And the Chihuahua is now jumping through the hula hoop. That dog is a Listen, if so you cute. want a promotion for why you should get NBA League Pass, this yeah. is it right now. Because if you don't have League Pass, you'll never see it. I don't know like, what's better, the chihuahua or those tight, how this guy got those tight, skinny white jeans that he's wearing. Those are very, no, I can see I his cell no phone. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. I'm Listening Daily, brought to you by Genomind. Here's licensed therapist Dr. Chris Donahue on taking steps to reach out. I want people to be proactive, and that means not waiting until you're really feeling bad in terms of mood or mental health before you take some of the action steps that we consistently are talking about. So I love the idea of us starting our day, setting self-care goals, and making one of them to reach out to a multitude of people to deal with our own loneliness, but also to check in on them. Now, having said that, I also want people to know that emotions can be infectious. So check in on your own sense of how do I feel in some of these conversations, because it is okay to let someone know on the other end. Hey, listen, I'm starting to feel a little flooded or a little overwhelmed or anxious. Can we start talking about something a little more lighthearted, funny, or joyful? I'm Listening is brought to you by Genomind, the Genomind Mental Health Map, the new expert starting point for your mental health. Visit mentalhealthmap.com to learn more and order your Mental Health Map DNA test kit today. That's mentalhealthmap.com. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. Ah, yes, Back to the Futures like we never left. Travis Thomas, Brandon Sprague, super producer Zach Kroll, set to join us momentarily for a playoff forecast. I tried to really drum that up for him. We'll see if he appreciated it or not. Speaking of the playoffs, Sprague are five teams now have clinched as we sit here and do this show right now. Currently five teams have clinched in both the AFC and the NFC. Uh, We know the Packers, we know the Rams, Tampa, Dallas, and the Cardinals all in. How about in the AFC Titans chiefs, 
Bengals now, Bills and the Patriots all in. Then we know the usual suspects vying to get in. Colts, Herbert and the Chargers. How about the Vegas Raiders coming to life here at 9-7? and seven? And uh, technically, the Steelers and Ravens still alive, but it doesn't really feel like it, does it? And then on the NFC side, we'll see now the Niners with Trey Lance possibly moving forward. The Eagles, we know. Saints, Vikings right there as well. So a crowded playoff forecast at the bottom, but certainly the teams at the top are sitting pretty, and now it's just a matter of seeding. How about the Titans? If they uh, if they win next week, they kind of control their own destiny, Sprager. They play the Texans next week. If they win, they are the number one seed overall in the AFC. So to make sense of all this, I need a weatherman. I need somebody to explain this forecast to me. So let's bring him in. Zach Kroll, super producer. Did you like the way I hyped you up when I said a playoff forecast? I do, Travis, just because I have right now the uh, NFL playoff machine up. So I'm typing in all these different scenarios, really going down uh, over everything uh, that's been going down in the NFL during this crazy uh, week number 17. So we will start off by saying this. Once again, in the AFC, there have been five teams that have clinched. Next week, the Chargers are going to be going on the road against the Raiders. Both those teams are sitting at 9-7. and And the winner of that game is going to be the uh, seventh seed in the AFC, most likely, depending on scenarios, could be the sixth. We'll see. But when we look at that game, guys, what do we think? Chargers going on the road to Vegas. I have the line. I'll ask you guys to predict a line and what side would you be on going into this game? Sprague, you go first. This is hard. It's in Vegas, Zach. It's in Vegas. I will say that this is going to be Raiders minus three. Yeah. And nothing more, nothing less. Home field, field goal advantage, prototypical of Vegas. Uh, and I'm I'm actually going to lean Chargers. I know the Raiders are in a good groove. I just gave them a compliment the last segment. But I'm going to take the explosiveness of what the Chargers can be and the potential mm. over what the Vegas Raiders offer. So I will take the Chargers and the points there. Wow. I, I disagree with you about the opening line. I do agree with your assessment. I think in the end, the Chargers win the game. Uh, But kudos to the Raiders, man. I mean, this team has overcome so much, and they're still right there. I think they're going to finish the season 9-8, and uh, which is about right if you had talked to me in the preseason. You remember I thought they could be a dark horse wildcard team, and here we are. But I did not see all the roller coaster ride that is the Vegas Raiders season. I didn't see that, and they still have been right here in this spot. I think the Chargers will be a a road favorite because I think most people – including the Sharps. I just think most people uh, think the Chargers are a better team. It's no knock against the Raiders, but to me, the Chargers feel like uh, even though it's a roadie, they feel like uh, maybe a minus three or a two and a half or something like that. Now, I will say this. I think that could move. I I think by the time the public money pours in on the Chargers, you could be looking at a four, Chargers minus four, maybe even four and a half, call me crazy, depending on what Zach tells me the opening line is. And then I think there could be real value there for the Raiders because they're going to make the Chargers sweat. Yeah, Travis, you are on to something right now. And this is updated uh, five minutes ago. The Chargers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite yeah. going wow. into Vegas uh, against sense. the Raiders. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I like the no, Chargers yeah, yeah, to win the game. As you were talking that through, I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 he's right. He's right. Chargers is a favorite here, is a road favorite. Wouldn't shock me. And to to hear that – 
is great. I'm going to see where the public goes on this. I'd say by Wednesday, Thursday before yep. I make an ultimate decision, but I still, I, I would still lean the chargers to, to be able to cover that number or to win outright. Yeah. I, I think that's great advice uh, to me. I, I would probably jump on it now if you're pro charger though, because I, I do think, I think the public money is going to pour in on the chargers. So I, yeah, you I don't want probably... to get to a hook, pot, a hook, yeah. a hook point. Yeah. I would love the two and a half to be honest with you. What's next act. So right now we will jump over to the NFC for a second. It is looking like we have six teams that have clinched a playoff bid from Green Bay, the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, the Cardinals. It's looking like the Eagles are going to be getting in as well. But that last spot is very interesting. And it's interesting because right now the team that currently holds it is San Francisco, and they were able to win today. But at the same time, they still have a little bit more work to do to get into the playoffs. They are 9-7. and seven. Philadelphia is 9-7. and seven. But the New Orleans Saints are still alive. They're sitting at 8-8. Eight and eight. They were able to extend their season another week with a win today over the Carolina Panthers. And they have a very winnable game next week as well as they go on the road to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. While the mm-hmm. 49ers, on the other hand, they have a tough game going on the road to the Rams. All of these games are going to be divisional games the last week of the season. We saw what the Rams were able to do today going up against the Ravens on the road. They had a nice gutsy win, but it was far from perfect. San Francisco got a win over Houston. But if we look at this playoff uh, scenario right now, if the Rams win and the Saints beat the Falcons, then the Saints will be the seventh seed in the playoffs because they do have the tiebreaker over San Francisco, assuming the Rams beat the 49ers. And that game is going to be in L.A. next week. So that's another game that has a lot of playoff implications. What do we think about those two? Oof. Um, <clears throat> look, I'm, I, I haven't really been a believer in the Saints uh, since all the quarterback injuries. Uh, I, I mean, the Falcons, I understand their season's over. But I think them being at home against a division rival with a chance to ruin the division rival's life by beating them, I, I like the Falcons in that game, depending on that line. I may, uh, you know, I'm very nervous to ever bet on Atlanta after uh, losing my ass in the Super Bowl because of Tom Brady with them. But that's a game I may, you know, take a spot to, to uh, gamble on the Falcons because I think they could win that game. The Niners, uh, I do believe, will lose to the Rams in L.A. So, you know, <laughs> we could be looking at a situation where both of those teams lose. Uh, I also like, you know, I think the Eagles could lose, too, to be honest with you. Uh, Dallas needing a bounce back after losing to the Cardinals. I think we could be looking at uh, all those teams losing, and then we just sit where we're at seeding-wise. You know, in other words, the Eagles and the Niners still get in. But uh, it it is, you know, it's interesting to see for sure as we come down the stretch here in this game. Uh, But, I, you know, it's a tall task, I think, for Trey Lance to go to L.A. and beat the Rams, even though I do like him more as a quarterback for the Niners than I do Garoppolo. What do you think, Sprager? Well, and I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Zach, doesn't Arizona get Seattle? Isn't that their last game of the season? And they're still playing for the division. I don't believe the NFC West has been wrapped right. up because there's a right. game separation there. Uh, we know Arizona's going to win that game because Seattle sucks. Right. Here's the tough thing, the slight pushback. There could be real value on the Niners here. It's Trey Lance on the road in L.A., Rams playing for a division and, and playoff seating. Everything is going to potentially set up for the Niners to get a decent amount of points. And the one thing about the Niners with Kyle Shanahan, they play against the Rams really well. And I know this is a tough spot 
because you're talking about taking a rookie quarterback who is just now starting to get some playing time, and that defense can present a lot of problems for people with the talent that they have. But I think there could be a lot of value on the Niners with whatever amount of points they end up getting going into that game because Shanahan last year, time and time again, has shown, he did it this year on Monday Night Football, he just coaches and gets his team up for these these Sean McVay Rams games. They always surprise mm-hmm. me when they play. The Rams usually are the better team, and then boom, you see the end result. The Niners usually get in the win. So, so keep an eye on just value. Could be the Niners throughout the week and how many points they end up getting on the road in L.A. I don't know if I love their chances to outright win, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's impossible. And for everything you just said that makes a ton of sense to me, I, I, you know I'm not a believer in the Saints. I never liked the way that Sean Payton talked about <laughs> Taysom Hill or any of these guys. The Atlanta Falcons are untrustworthy as a team to bet on, and so it's going to be a real stay away from me, and okay. I won't be surprised if the Saints end up getting that playoff spot based on the Rams getting a game-winning field goal and the Saints getting to play the Falcons, who are just not a very good football team. Yeah, well said. What's next, Zach? Yeah, so right now uh, the line is the Rams, minus 6.5 over San Francisco, and if we look yep. at uh, the Saints and the Falcons, there's no – or uh, yeah, the Saints going into Atlanta, minus 3.5. Uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites uh, for the Saints. The other team that we didn't mention in the AFC was Indianapolis. They technically haven't clinched a playoff berth yet, but they do have the Jacksonville Jaguars next week on oh. the road. So if they win that game, they will <laughs> That's be – uh, That's, <laughs> That's a dub. That's a dub. God, Jacksonville's so bad. They need Byron Leftwich to go there. That's the hire. Work with the kid. He knows the area. He knows the franchise. He played for them. They need Byron Leftwich terribly. But, yeah, I like the Colts to win that game. The AFC is a, a lot more interesting in terms of – how about the Titans, Frager? I mean, if they win, uh, they're the number one seed overall. And they play the Fraud. Texans. Absolute frauds. Oh, okay. They are frauds as the number the one seed. You're, you're not trusting them as number one. I'm, I'm not. not trusting them as number I'm one. Not. Take they're your frauds. bye week celebrate and then we get to watch everybody shatter music city because i wait a minute whoever takes them on in the divisional round hold on a second i mean that team needs a bye week in the worst way to possibly get thanos derrick henry back so if they get him back healthy watch out but i'm with you i don't i'm not buying them going to the super bowl or anything i think they're fugazi for that but i do i look they could win sprager we've seen this team in the playoffs we've seen them win playoff games we've seen brable uh, coach at an extremely high level. I mean, that, it's it's not the worst. It's not beyond the pale to think this team could go to the Super Bowl. I'm just not going to put my money on them. Well, and, and the other thing about Derrick Henry is we don't really know the timeline yet. It was right. reported that he would be in time. If they can get that one seed, which I would imagine they will, Yeah, maybe he'll be ready for the divisional round game. Well, if he's not, I mean, I'm assuming the playoff format works where they just play the lowest seeded team, right? Whoever that right. ends up being, is that how it goes? Right. So if that's how it goes, I'm looking at teams in the wild card and the division races that if they are to face them, I'm not picking them to win that game. Mm-hmm. Like Derrick Henry or no Derrick Henry, I just don't trust this Tennessee Titans team. Very good story. Very well done by Mark, uh, by Vrabel and, and everything he did this year, especially post Derrick Henry. Yep. But if we're talking about playoffs, legitimate buying into the team, I'm not. I'm 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 getting ready and hoping that they open as a big enough favorite at home for the divisional round 
so I can get whoever that is they face with the points. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's where we disagree because big picture, I agree with you. I'm not, I just don't buy them to go all the way. But I, I look, could they win that first game at home? Sure they could. It depends on matchups. I, I have to see who's going Styles in there. Fights. Styles yeah. make fights. What's next, Zachy? Yeah, so Tennessee, they are obviously going to get that number one seed with a victory. Uh, they jumped Kansas City, and I found interesting. Mahomes still has never played a road playoff game in his career, and right now it's looking like Kansas City uh, will be that number uh, two seed, so him going to Tennessee in the playoffs would uh, be pretty interesting. Uh, Buffalo and New England, they are both going to be competing for the AFC East title next Mm -hmm. week. When you look at New England, they are going into Miami. That is always a place that historically they haven't always played their best football. The Bills will be taken on the Jets in Buffalo. A lot of big spreads next week, just looking at it. Buffalo minus 17, and New England will go into that game against Miami minus two and a half. Yeah, I mean – I look, I think ultimately, uh, I guess I would put my money on the Bills to win the division, but I, I don't. This sounds weird, Sprague. I don't know if it matters much. I mean, if Buffalo wins a game and the game, let's say they play, the, they see the Patriots just for the sake of this conversation in the playoffs. I mean, have we not seen the Patriots go in there in Buffalo and, and beat them? I mean, does it, to me, but don't I don't you want to stay home? Don't you just want to sleep in your own bed? Like, you get, yeah, that I get it. I get it. I I just look at this Patriots team, to be honest, whether they win the division or not, they're still just as dangerous in the playoffs regardless to me because they have defense, which is portable. They run the ball and they have Bill Belichick. So, But but the one thing, Travis, I'll push back on, I'm I'm with you, but I'll I'll just push back here. When they beat Buffalo, remember, it was like 35-mile-an-hour wins. Like It was insane. You couldn't throw the football. When they went to New England, all you had was some cold weather. They were roasting that Belichick defense. I don't know if they would do that again in a playoff matchup, right? but I would lean that that's really the difference between these two rosters. It's more so saying, well, it took a crazy windstorm for the Patriots to just run the football and beat the Bills, whereas if it's cold, if it's a little wet, I, I would still like Buffalo's ability to be able to move the ball on that Patriot defense. I, I think it does matter. I don't think Buffalo wants to go on the road. You want to stay home for your first playoff game. Quick answer. Who do you trust to go in a deeper run, Buffalo or New England in the playoffs? Buffalo. I trust New England. That's where that's our difference. I trust Belichick and that defense and that running of the football and Mac Jones to not lose it more than I do Buffalo, depending on Josh Allen. Thank you to Zach. We preview the natty in college football and the rematch between Georgia and Bama next. Plus, we'll gamble heavily on some NFL awards. We ain't done with them yet. Back to the Futures. We'll be back. Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? You're listening to Back to the Future. Sports bettors, get locked into You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on the bet. So I go to my, my niece's baptism yesterday. So we go to the bath at the church. And my mom is late and we hold up the ceremony, like the actual baptism itself. So my mom can get there. So my mom gets there like 20 minutes late. We have the baptism. Then we go to the restaurant and immediately, like, I don't want to say all the men, but like me and probably like four or five husbands and boyfriends. So all of us basically went and we watched like the last like hour of the, of the one o'clock games. We find a way, <laughs> we find a way to figure out what the scores are. We find a way to, uh, to gravitate toward other people that are looking for the same thing that we're looking for. 
there was a fall Sunday wedding I went to one time. And on my phone, I had Red Zone during the reception. And my table ended up being like a table of 27. You better you bet. 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. It's BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth. Presented by FanDuel. 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Fred MGM posted a clip and they were talking about it with Ken Barkley. And Hormat's favorite thing, like for fries, plain yellow mustard. I know some people like look down on it like, oh, how can you have just yellow mustard? You got all these other i know some people look down on it who's looking down at yellow mustard betql daily with the joes and aaron hawksworth presented by fanduel 9 to noon eastern on the betql network we're all on this planet together so join odyssey and find your one thing don't forget about the environment when making your new year's resolutions this year resolve to recycle more recycle paper bottles and cans reuse paper and plastic bags and get a reusable bag for groceries recycle old clothes by donating them to charity and recycle all your old electronics like tvs computers and cell phones at appropriate e-waste facilities join odyssey and together each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow what's your one thing The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network. Forget popcorn, you forget forget your best thing, you cheat on your husband. That's kind of like, that's that's the natural progression. I want popcorn, I was lying to. I've already given out my stances on monogamy as a whole anyway, so... Don't worry about. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Future husband that I don't that does not exist because I don't, don't believe in it. I will that. never cheat on you because this will never ever be the a Because the cheating thing implies that there's a contract that we made that doesn't allow me to do that. It's like saying I cheated on my diet, but I eat ice cream every night as that's what I do. Because I can. Because I can. Because I control my body. But MGM tonight, Trista Crick can't cheat on you because she will never be with you officially. That's a play. Or the official will be just a different official. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. That's right, only on the BetQL Network. Back to the Futures, Travis Thomas, Brandon Sprague here. Uh, Super producer Zach Kroll set to join us before the end of the show uh, to talk some more NFL, but I want to go to college real quick, Sprager and pivot, because I'm just going to pat myself on the back here. If you don't mind, just a little pat pat, because I laid all kinds of points for the sec in the college football playoff. And you know, I was sitting up here all season, even in the preseason telling you that the Cincinnati Bearcats would make the college football playoff and they belonged with the big boys. And what did you do all year? Oh, Travis, what are you talking about? Ohio State, a one lost this, a one lost that, power five, blah, blah, blah. And what happened? I was right. The Bearcats made the playoffs. And then you know what happened? I didn't bet with my heart. I bet with my head. And I said, they're going to get their ass beat. And they did. Thank you, Roll Tide. Then on the other side, I had to hear all these people telling me how great Harbaugh is, and he finally beat Ohio State, and this is the year, and Big Blue is back, and blah, blah, blah. I said, you know what? Georgia's been the best team all year, beating everyone down. I'm not going to turn my back on them now. They're going to destroy Michigan. I laid those points, too. Sprager, look at this. Hat on the back, baby. 2-0 and with my college football playoff plays. You got to 
do we get any of these rants when we have bad picks from Travis? Do we get any of these rants that come out and like, hey, unpat myself on the back this week? Look, I, I give you 100% credit. You were on the Cincinnati train. Yeah. I still think you break it down. Like, we are a half yard away from Oklahoma State getting that four seed. But the, ba- the Bearcats got it nonetheless. I'll tell you what happened here. First of all, you were super smart to lay the money on Alabama. I think you could see that coming a mile away. The committee screwed this up. The committee is responsible for getting us two garbage games because Georgia outright losing the way they did only knocked them down to the point where they got to play Michigan in the first game and they didn't get punished and say, okay, you want to be in the playoff and play Bama again? Good luck in round one. Not the championship (laughs) round one. The committee should have given us Cincinnati, Michigan, and Alabama, Georgia. Would that have changed the outcome of the championship? Probably not. That championship would have still ultimately been Bama and Georgia. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't have been more wrong on Michigan. Right now, let, let me just own up to it. I saw the seven and a half, and I'm like, good defensive line, a team that can run the football. They beat a good Ohio State team. I'm in. And what I forgot to, to say to myself is, oh, yeah, Cade McNamara is not Bryce Young. And that was the big mistake that I made. Yes. Those were very, very unwatchable football games. Of all the yeah. bowl games we've had, those were among some of the worst. And they're <laughs> supposed to be the most important. I mean, just elevate the Rose Bowl for a day and yeah. make us feel like it's a playoff game because that was an all-time classic. Those playoff games were awful, and I think a lot of it had to do with the matchups. Yeah, they no, you're absolutely right. Now, you brought up the Rose Bowl. I want to go to that in a second. But while we're talking about Alabama and Georgia, you know, Alabama is an underdog again to Georgia here in the rematch. And I got to tell you, I hit that bet in the SEC title game. I bet Alabama to win that game, and I just took a money line, and I was absolutely right. But this time around, Sprague, I don't know if I'm – if I'm being an idiot here or not, but I'm not going back to the well. I am going to bet against Nick Saban in the natty. Oh. I'm going to take Georgia to win in the rematch just because I think, Kirby Smart, please help me out here. I think the game plan is going to be let's line up mano a mano and run the ball right down Roll Tide's face because we think, We have the better athletes on this side. We think we can impose our will and play old school SEC football against these guys because this is not a great defensive Alabama team. It's not. Offensively, they're fantastic. Bryce Young's ridiculous. But defensively, I actually think Georgia should turn back the hands of time, get physical at the point of attack, and take Alabama's lunch money in the rematch. I'm taking... I'm laying the points with Georgia, and I'm taking the under in this game. I'm taking under 52-and-a-half, and I'm laying the points with Georgia. What say you? Well, I mean, I think the under's probably the bet as well. Um, look, you got two lines. Bet MGM has it, has it right now. Georgia minus 2-and-a-half. If you go fan duel, you've got Bama plus 3. I'll tell you right now, if I'm getting Bama plus 3, I'm taking it. One assistant has beaten Nick Saban ever. <laughs> One. And that was this year when Jimbo Fisher Jimbo. did it. Yeah. And if, if they play that game 10 times, I think Bama wins nine of them. What, what they really exposed in that matchup, though, in the SEC championship, I couldn't believe how well that offensive line for Alabama blocked that defensive pass rush. 
Georgia yeah. has a legit front seven. And for yeah. them to have no pressure on Bryce Young all night was unbelievable. Will they do that same thing? I don't know if it'll be quite that successful, but you're going to give me points with Nick Saban? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, Travis, I understand it, but I am. I'm going to take Alabama. I, I think it's right. going to be a much closer football game, but I, I'm going to get Nick Saban with some points. I'll take that all day. Well, someone will have bragging rights the next time we do this show together. You know that. Now, uh, I was going to talk about the Tax Act Texas Bowl coming up this week, but then I realized no one gives a rat's patootie about it because LSU shouldn't even be in a bowl game. And then Kansas State is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm laying the points. Congratulations on that. Now, I do want to bring in Zach Kroll to talk more NFL, but before we get there, you brought up the Rose Bowl. How sensational was watching the Ohio State comeback over Utah. I thought Utah had that game wrapped up, uh, and they blew it. I mean, Ohio State comes roaring back. What a game. And like you said, in a lot of ways, that felt like the natty for a bunch of us because the college football playoff game sucks so bad. Yeah, I mean, look, Utah, that, that actually broke my heart. I, I don't really have an allegiance to Utah outside mm -hmm. of I know Kyle Whittingham a little bit. He is a genuinely really nice guy. Mm -hmm. That crushed me to watch them blow that game. I never for once saw that lead and thought, well, that's it. I knew that Utah was capable because they play in the Pac-12 of, of yeah. choking away a lead. And I also <laughs> knew that C.J. Stroud, having just an insane amount of talent, even with his wide receivers at start sitting out, they still had the horses to do it. What really frustrated me, because I was rooting for Utah. I had Utah plus the six. It got down to Utah plus four and a half. I thought that was a safe bet with all the dropouts from Ohio State. What frustrated me was Utah's lack of, of execution late. And then mm. also, I don't know what Kyle Whittingham was doing. He left the field with three timeouts. Yeah. I'm sorry. That kid probably makes that kick 90 out of 100 times. Right. But you have three timeouts. You've got like, what, 12 seconds, I think, is when they Ohio State called the timeout. Right. You burn a timeout and say, we're only going to have two or three plays anyway. Let's keep two. Let's burn one. And at <laughs> least make that kid line up, think he's about to kick it, and then late timeout it and make him have to go, ah, oh, crap. Okay. And then maybe you can throw something off. Like, just to go to that tunnel with all three of your timeouts after losing that lead, mm -hmm. that was brutal. That was devastating. It's not something I'm used to seeing from Kyle Whittingham who did a great job and his defense let him down like that defense was really good at the end of the year mm -hmm. but to watch them just get roasted like that in the secondary <laughs> cj stroud had all day travis and it yeah. didn't matter they were still able to sling the rock listen here's my last hot take on this and we'll bring in zach i actually think we could see both of these teams in the college football playoff next year with all the returning players they have the coaches you mentioned uh, i mean some stacked yeah, Utah and Ohio State. I, I, I could yeah. see both of these teams in the college football playoff next year uh, getting railroaded uh, by Alabama and Georgia. Thank you very much. Zach Kroll, come in, please. Let's do some updated NFL award odds. All right, guys. So one that really stands out to me just because of the odds is the offensive player of the year. It is really a two-horse race between Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. And both of these guys were able to get into the end zone again today, mm. just like they've had all season. But who do you guys give the nod to with this? Both of them are minus 110 to win this award after really nice games today. Vegas is really telling you it's 50-50. So between yeah. these two guys, who deserves to win? 
It makes uh, sense Travis, that it's it makes sense Travis, that it's uh fifty fifty, Brandon, because to me I, I think you know, I could see either one winning it. I'm gonna go with Taylor just because uh I, I think his team depends on him more. I mean, as great as Cup is, don't get me wrong, they have other weapons there. I mean, look at uh Odell Beckham coming on for the Rams, amongst others that they have in Higby and uh yeah. they have a ton of weapons there. I, I and I also think uh Matt Stafford has been getting a lot of shine this year. Uh, you know, Taylor is literally a one trick pony in Indy. I mean, he is the alpha and the omega for that team. I, I have Taylor there. Yeah, no, sorry to interrupt you there. I was just going to point out, I said this last week, I'll say it again with you. I think it's absolute horse crap that either of one of these guys is legitimately going to get MVP. Look, it is a quarterback award. Let's just call it that because what this award is, this offensive player of the year award that we like yep. to do. It's like the sub MVP category. That's right. And I'll be happy for either one of these dudes who win it. Cooper Cup breaking the uh, the receiving record today, uh, breaking the Isaac Bruce yardage record. He's got another game. He's probably going to break the all time record. I think except uh, Calvin Johnson. Uh, but I'm with you. It's it's got to be Jonathan Taylor. Their record. Mm. I have to go back and look. His record coming into the game, they were undefeated when he rushed for 100 yards. They were not undefeated when he was held below 100 rushing yards yeah so he really is to what you said he means everything to what they are cooper cups had a great year he's put his name in that you know higher elevated category of best receiver but i think you got to give it to jonathan taylor enough for one more zach what do you got all right this is an interesting one defensive player of the year right now everyone is plus money tj watt at plus 200 micah parsons plus 225 Trevon Diggs, plus 700. Aaron Donald, plus 700. Miles Garrett, plus 1,200. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll save a bunch of time here. Michael Parsons is going to win this. I mean, the guy's defensive rookie of the year, and he's going to be defensive player of the year. The dude's an absolute monster stud. Look at the game against the Cardinals. I mean, they held him in check, and they lost the game. Go figure. When he goes off, Dallas wins. I got Parsons. Yeah. Who you got? I think Parsons is going to get that defensive rookie of the year, no doubt, and he's he's had a great year. Um, go right now and buy a 12 to 1 ticket if you can get it. If you're going to get Miles Garrett at 12 to 1, the Browns have been eliminated. He yep. has been an absolute monster. <laughs> and in my opinion, the best defensive player in football. His team has just kind of sucked and been injured. 12 to 1 is a gift. No doubt. Well, the band is back together again, baby. Zach Kroll, Brandon Sprague, Travis Thomas, and we'll be back on Back to the Futures next week. Thanks for rolling with us. I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague on Back to the Futures from BetQL.